The Car Tech Garage, opening the hood for all things automotive. I'm Wesley Adams. And I'm Max Gundrum, and we are the Car Tech Guys. History, racing, repair, and all the parts in between. Hit us up on social media at The Car Tech Garage. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Car Tech Garage. Max? Uh, yes, another episode of the CarTech Garage, and we're going to be talking a little bit about maintenance costs today. Indeed. So preparing for repairs, calculating potential costs, and budgeting for auto repair. This is obviously pretty important. Yeah, it's very much so. You know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I know Wesley and I both are, oh, let's buy this car. You know, I'd love to have this car. Just go on the dealership, buy it. One thing that most people don't take into account when buying that vehicle is how much the maintenance is going to cost itself. Because obviously, car doesn't just change its own oil and have its own fluids. You have to buy all of those things. So even if it's just the basic maintenance, that still adds up, you know, year over year. Absolutely. I mean, and I've seen plenty of examples. You know, oftentimes if you keep a car until 200,000 miles, you're probably going to pay at least 50%, if not more, of the car's initial MSRP in maintenance. If you do everything right, um, and this is no lie, I know there's probably a lot of people out there absolutely booing me right now, but <laughs> I totally disagree with you. I work in the industry, and yes, you can get by if you do a lot of things yourself and also do the bare minimum, and let's be honest, neglect your car. Many of us do. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Camry. Um, but you know, if you do everything the right way and you want to keep your car lasting as long as possible and you know, you're not in a situation, um, you know, where you, where you're just not able to do that, then it's pretty important. Yeah. And what we're here to do today is just to kind of help you prepare for that. Um, and, and here's a couple of things. I mean, the thing you have to start off with is setting the stage. So, you know, what is your annual budget for auto maintenance and repair? Work that into your annual budget. If you don't have an annual budget for everything, make one. Um, you know, we're not obviously a, um, a podcast about finances, but you know, that, that goes without saying right yeah, there, make absolutely. a budget and include your automotive maintenance and repair costs within it. To me, you know, once again, I know I've reiterated this multiple times, but you know, your vehicle is, is one of your, you know, top investments that you make. It gets you to the grocery store, it gets you to work or taking the kids to soccer practice, you know, whatever it is, you know, that's a fundamental thing that you need in your life to provide, you know, 90% of the things that you have. Now, obviously, if you live in, you know, New York City or a place like that where public transit's, you know, very, very relevant and you can do that on much cheaper terms versus buying a vehicle, then obviously, you know, this isn't a conversation for you. <laughs> you can skip on to the next yeah. podcast. <laughs> But if you do live in an environment, you know, like I know Wesley, he has what, probably a 20 minute drive to work every day. Yeah, about 25 minutes. You know, I spend a lot of time driving too. I'm lucky and fortunate. I live really close to the job, so I don't drive <laughs> as much. <laughs> so I'm one of those lucky few as well. But if you're doing, you know, 100 miles a day, going back and forth, you know, spending 45 minutes to an hour traveling, obviously the miles start racking up. It's and, a lot of wear and, and tear. And, and the cost starts to go. A lot of wear and tear. And that's, you know, another thing I, I know personally, there's a lot of people that try to avoid these things by, you know, just buying a new car every, you know, two, three years, not putting more than, you know, 30, 40, even 50,000 miles on a vehicle, just get rid of it and move yeah, on to the next one. or something. Oh, uh, I need tires. All right, turn it in. And, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not something we see in, in our industry as much because we're used to cars that are 
well above 100,000 miles and people who just generally love the vehicle that they have and they mm -hmm. want to keep it running. And some people also think it costs less to go that route too down the road, but yeah. you just and don't I'm, have the, the that, nice shiny car. And I would also think that a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably fans of manual transmissions and yes. you know, those are going away. So we got to keep our manuals going here. You know, I we got to make sure we maintain it properly. I, I want to see these things on the road for a long, long time. That's what I'm upset. I got rid of my SI Civic, you know, even though it was slow, it wasn't anything special. It was completely <laughs> wait, wait, stock. What was that last part again? It was slow. And what was that part right after that? I don't, I don't know what you're talking wasn't about. Anything <laughs> it wasn't anything special, <laughs> but I loved it. It was just one of my favorite cars I've ever driven. And it was a manual. It was fun, yeah. you know, around town and super fun. Now not having it and having my, you know, Ford Fusion that I have is kind of my daily driver. It's just not the same fun. You know, it no, really isn't. I miss not. it so much. I had drove, what was it, a Miata the other day. It was an M edition. Mm -hmm. That was super neat. Um, it was in for, you know, I think it needs a timing belt. And it was, what, a 97? 97 M edition. With 109,000 miles. Yeah, yeah. It, which was crazy. But, you know, that guy keeps it nice and, and drives yeah. it and maintains yeah. it. And it was their dark, you know, British racing green lookalike, hard top. Yeah, it was it was nice. I Absolutely. know I still don't like Miatas, but it was nice. Uh, it, it was, was fun. it was a perfect Miata. It was a perfect <laughs> Miata. He's totally downplaying this. It was signed by the engineer that made it in the trunk deck lid. I mean, it it was a perfect Miata. Yeah, that was pretty neat seeing that. You know, just changing out the battery, looking up, and I'm like, that name kind of sounds familiar. And then, sure yeah. enough, it was you know one of the chief engineers for Mazda that actually signed the the trunk. And then when the guy picked it up after 20 minutes of you know trying to beg him for it. I, you know, watched it drive away with tears in my eyes. <laughs> you did. You're like, I'll trade my motorcycle for this right now. And I was laughing. Like, wow. It's getting serious in here. Like, uh oh, it was a beautiful car. So anyway, you know, back on topic here, he got me talking about Miatas. There we go again. So, you know, after you kind of establish your budget for this, what you want to do when, you know, you're at a point where you're about to buy a car, because you've got to do your homework, you know, make sure you look into the future a little bit. And research average maintenance costs for all the vehicles that you're looking at buying. If you're looking at buying a brand new car, um, look at five-year average cost to own because that's you know the first part of what you're going to run into. And then after that point, you can make a decision as to whether or not you want to keep the car. And if you're buying a car that's a few years old, don't just look at the five-year average cost of maintenance because there are a lot of ways that manufacturers nowadays really hide that with you know 10,000-mile oil change intervals and longer maintenance schemes that totally mask the fact that after 100,000 miles, that maintenance cost is going to double. So keep that in mind. So if you're buying a car that's a few years old, look at 10-year average cost to own, especially if you're somebody that's going to commit to buying the car and owning it for 7, 8, 10 years. Um, that's one very, very important thing to do. And there's plenty of resources online. You know, you can go to places even like uh, Kelly Blue Book. You can go to all sorts of different websites that have recall and notifications and all sorts of things. And you can get a general idea as to how many problems people have had. Another good option is forums. You know, there are tons of forums for every single make and model of vehicle with thousands of people all giving their opinion and their little 10 cents, two cents, whatever it may be. And you can get a lot of good information from that as well. That's what I've seen, you know, while I was doing some research, because obviously, you know, I don't know every single vehicle and the cost of maintenance, you know, the, the common ones, I could probably tell you the prices for everything off the top of my head. Um, but Edmunds, I think that's how you pronounce it, yeah. <laughs> has a cost of ownership calculator on their website, too, which I thought was really neat. Um, so it can calculate the total cost of ownership. You know, if you're not someone who's, you know, car savvy, if you will, 
And it's super, super simple. I, I plugged in all my information for my car and it was relatively correct, which was kind of, you know, neat that they have something like that. At so least you, give a good benchmark. Yeah. So even if you, you know, don't know all of the costs associated, they kind of do the work for you. Yeah. I know my, my grandfather, I never understood this growing up. It was the most confusing thing. He was in finance. Um, but he always would tell me when I was younger, you know, like, oh, I'm paying, you know, 20 cents per mile on this car. And I didn't, to me, I'm, you know, a young kid. I'm just thinking, what is he just throwing quarters out the window every single mile <laughs> that he goes? But come to find out, he actually would calculate it to the point where cost of the ownership, um, average maintenance cost, cost of fuel, average, all that stuff down to the mile. So he would tell me, I think it was around 25 cents, if I remember correctly, where mm -hmm. it was like a $20,000 car, everything else associated, keep it for X amount of years. And it was like 20 cents a mile. And that just blew my mind after finally starting to work on cars and being in the industry mm -hmm. finally clicked with me one day. I'm like, wow, he was really, really <laughs> smart and down to the exact dollar amount. Yeah. For You've got to monitor that stuff, you know, because if you don't watch it, it will leave. Mm -hmm. It definitely will. I, I guess the that's like throwing quarters out the window. Uh -huh. It'll slip away if you don't keep an eye on it. So what I always like to say, a good rule of thumb is to budget at least 5% of the vehicle's price when new per year, especially, you know, within the first five years, 50,000 miles of ownership and shortly after. Now, you know, extrapolate it a little bit more, you take it out to the 100,000 mile mark, that number can increase to around 10%, sometimes more, depending on vehicle's common failure rates, things like that. But I always recommend that. So that means if you have a $100,000 car, you should budget $5,000 a year for auto repair. I'm not kidding you. For instance, I'll, I'll take an example. We had in our shop a 2008 C63 AMG. Mm -hmm. Very beautiful nice car. car. Yeah, Very 470 nice. horsepower, 6.3 liter V8. It's, it's a beautiful, perfect machine. Uh, second only to one in all cars. <laughs> so Anyways. the car knew, what was it, maybe $75,000, $80,000, something like that. Yeah, not yeah. even hundred grand. Yeah. For the 60,000-mile maintenance service, which included four wheels of brakes, because it was due for brakes, so pads and rotors all the way around. They're cross-drilled rotors. They were worn. They had rust ridges. Need new rotors, new pads, you know, a couple of fluid services, things like that. When he was at Mercedes, for all of that stuff, he was quoted, and I'm not kidding you, $9,700. Yeah. <laughs> we were able to get it done for him with all OE parts and everything else for around $7,100. <laughs> and the the funniest story is Max actually yep. took our Chevy Colorado pickup truck, I which think is so. it's a work truck. Let's yeah, put it's it a work way. truck. It's he he nice. took it out to Mercedes to go pick these parts up. Yeah, I remember this. I was helping out for the day. I forget what it was. I wasn't working in one of the bays, and I was just kind of assisting the shop. And they said, "Hey, first thing in the morning, we need you to run to Mercedes." I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to pick up you know a small part." So I get there, you know. I'll, Ryan, bushy-tailed, like, all right, I'm here to pick up some parts for Almers. And they kind of laugh at me. He's got his arms yeah. out, ready to hold all this I'm stuff. I'm like, okay, it just has to be a couple rotors. I can carry that, no big deal. And they look at me and go, do you need a shopping cart? And I kind of looked around going, okay, I'm not at the grocery store. And they just asked me if I need a, a shopping cart. <laughs> so sure enough, they roll out all of these parts, all of the fluids, filters, brakes, all of the components out in a shopping cart. And I haul it to the work truck, put all of the parts. Actually, I was in my Civic. I wasn't even in the shop truck. It was first thing in the morning. I was running from the shop. So I put all of these parts. Oh, it was in your Civic? Worth more than the Civic still, <laughs> even then. And it was, you know, still pretty decent value Just at the, the time. Just the parts, yeah. Yeah, all of this for this high-end Mercedes in my Civic. So it was just kind of a, a funny morning when you guys, yeah, just pick up a couple parts for this car. <laughs> 
Yeah, and the parts that you're bringing back are yeah. worth more than the car you're bringing back. I think my car sagged down like an inch in the rear, too, from all the parts sitting well, I mean, there. Those were some huge brake rotors. <laughs> yeah, and and then, you know, back on topic here, but, you know, if you have a $10,000 car, $500 a year, and that's not unreasonable. Make sure you're up to date on fluids, oil changes, tires, brakes. I mean, it, it, it's a perfectly reasonable number, and you guys need a budget for it. It is, in my opinion, pretty important. And there's, you know, a couple other aspects, too. I'm sure if you, you know, talk to some financial guys, they could really give you a full breakdown. You know, that's, that's not us, but just things to keep in mind as well. So not even, you know, the maintenance and, and maintaining the vehicle. One, you have to think about depreciation costs. So yeah. I think it's an average of what, 10 to 20% as soon as you drive off the lot with Some, the car. Yeah, for a lot of, so for a lot you, of vehicles. Yeah. You just signed the deal. You took the keys off the lot. Yeah. <laughs> unless it's a Jeep. You go take the thing and sell it for double. So now you got to take that into, you know, into perspective because now you've essentially already lost money just by driving the car. Um, aside from that, you also have, you know, your title and your licensing costs that are, you know, there as well. So what, 50, 60 bucks, I think in Ohio is around yeah. what ours is for, for renewal. I know in Kentucky, it's a whole different ball game. Um, but then you also have, you know, your interest that you're paying on the actual, you know, financing portion of it. Well, and it's a whole other story if you're financing the car, too. Yeah. Now, that's obviously something for you guys to decide whether or not you purchase a vehicle brand new and pay cash for it or finance it. I know everybody has different means and, and different ways of doing things. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the maintenance cost still has to be separated from that. You can't just tally up, oh, well, I've got, you know, this much in my budget for my car. And, and people, you've got to separate the the payment because that's not your car's money. That's the loan's money. Mm-hmm. And people don't take that into account. So that, you know, you're talking about that $5,000 a year for that $100,000 car. Well, your car payment's what? And towards $700, $800 at least. So you have to factor that Way in. Up. Yeah, yeah, you're I'm probably sure talking like $1,100 or yeah. something like that. Yeah, you're, 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 you're paying it. rent for sure. So you're still paying that on top of still paying maintenance costs. So uh-huh. obviously you have to take that into account. I know there's a lot of people that don't think of that and they come into the shop and they're like, well, my car has, you know, 40,000 miles. I just bought it, you know, two years ago. Why do I have to put tires, brakes, um, suspension component, <laughs> you know, all this stuff? I'm still paying on it. And that's not how it works. You know, sadly, I wish vehicles lasted that well, you know, for the, the consumer perspective. But that is one thing don't. I'm really kind of excited. Well, somewhat excited because I'm in the business of fixing cars and this would really pose issues for me. But with electric vehicles and the fact that they will require less maintenance, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, you know, so this thing's probably going to be null and void in 10 years, but we're talking about it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> So the other thing I also like to bring up, make sure that, you know, after all is said and done, prepare for the future, always be preparing for the future. So you want to compound that unspent sum for next year until you reach a savings. And again, these are all the figures that I use until you reach a savings of 20% of the car's initial value. So that way, if any repair is over 20% of the car's initial MSRP, that's something where you may not want to fix it anyways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you choose not to, there's a nice healthy down payment if you do want to go finance another car. And if not, you can usually buy a pretty decent used car for 20% of a reasonable car's initial value. Yeah, you know, absolutely. At least something to get by if, if you need to. So you always have options. That way you're always preparing yourself um, and putting yourself in position to where you can have options at any point in time. And that's what, once your vehicle does start to get older, you know, usually I would say in about the 10-year range, you know, 7 to 10 years, that's where the the hardcore failures, I, I would use that term yeah, vaguely. Yeah, like really you know, expensive stuff. All well, of a sudden, barring up, things out of the ordinary, like yeah. you know, premature transmission or engine failures, things like that. Or your PCM, you know, your powertrain yeah. control module fails, and that's mm-hmm. a, a couple grand 
for basically yeah. the brains of, of your yeah, vehicle. The entire computer. And it just, you know, sometimes just happens the way it is, whether mm-hmm. it was manufactured or not. But usually yeah, that's when you see those those bigger issues truthfully happen. Um, and, you know, hopefully it, it's still in the warranty period. But we see, you know, more often than not mm-hmm. it being outside of that warranty period when yeah. it does fail. And obviously warranties, extended warranties, recalls, that that's for a whole other topic. But nonetheless, you know, our premise on this one, just make sure you guys are budgeting for auto repair. Kind of use those facts and figures. So, you know, a good rule of thumb, again, budget 5% of the vehicle's price when new per year. And then after the, you know, 100,000 mile mark, uh, budget about 10% and then compound that sum until you reach 20% of the vehicle's initial value and just hang on to that. That way you can either fix it or ditch it whenever the time comes. And I don't condone this perspective, but if you don't want to spend money on cars, just, just don't drive them. Yeah, get it. If you, <laughs> you want to save you guys, money, don't drive cars. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to buy, if you want to save as much money as possible, go buy yourself a nice Schwinn. Yeah, and ride it to work. Ten bucks for some tires, yeah. maybe a chain here and there. Now, I will say the one vehicle, and I probably shouldn't even tell you guys this. The one vehicle that probably does not apply to this is the Prius, because the I Prius know. is so good. <laughs> it's crazy. It really is, you know. I mean, yeah, if, if you guys want to save money, buy a Prius. It, there is no doubt about it. Zero fuel costs almost. The brakes last over 100,000 miles. Um, but if you yeah, also yeah, want to drive, drive the most boring vehicle ever, get a Prius. <laughs> hey, it's it's more fun hey, to drive a slow car fast than a fast car slow. That is very true. That is yeah. very true. And on that note, I think we'll go ahead and take <laughs> off. <laughs> of course. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to the Car Tech Garage yeah. podcast. Make sure you guys check out the next one as well. Um yeah, and I also want to thank, you know, for all of our listeners that have been listening. I think we just reached, you know, over 400 downloads. Um, so obviously, thank you to everybody. And also That's thank to you to the guys listening in the UK. We have quite a few listeners in the UK and I think Romania and then a couple other countries. Yeah, so, so if you guys are listening, you guys, yeah, thank you. For, we have no idea who we are. Thank you very much for, for listening to the podcast. Absolutely. Well, everybody take care. This podcast has been brought to you by Almer's Auto Care in Cincinnati, Ohio, providing service beyond compare since 1936.